0: you didn't know, your ass better call somebody! Alright, cut the
1: music. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you, it's Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World! The McNutted Michael Crystal. The ATM Adam McFerrin. The 4D Chess Podcast! And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you! Welcome back into another episode, everybody. We got another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast coming at you. And tonight, special guest host filling in for Adam. For those of you who haven't heard, Adam—he's off on paternity leave. Me as the uh, the boss of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're partners, but I gave him the week off. Go to go take care of your kid. He had a baby just the other night, Tuesday Tuesday night. So yep. congratulations to him, so happy to but filling in, Brandon from Destination Devi. Kind enough to join, kind enough to keep the seat warm for Adam. So let's give him a big warm welcome and give him a shout out, right? First time on the 40 chess dynasty podcast, right? Let's yeah, go, first, right? first time. You just sit in the co-host seat. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah, guess got... stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They just said, hey, go 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 fill in a four D Go 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 do the four D episode. So but no, I'm appreciative of the uh, the opportunity. And uh like like you said, I'm just keeping the seat warm for Adam. He's a he's a wonderful tag team partner for you. And I'm just trying to keep his seat warm while he's enjoying the first days of of being a dad.
1: Well, that's what's so nice about being part of Destination Devi and being part of the team is we have so many good people here that at a moment's notice, literally Monday night, hey uh I'm not going to be able to make it this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, everybody reaching out saying, hey, I can fill in if needed. I can do this. I can do that. Like, So awesome. So overwhelming. So this is why I will fight anybody who doesn't think that this is the best community for fantasy football, dynasty football around, period. Uh, it's made Adam and I's relationship from nothing. We didn't know each other. And all of a sudden, we're, we're great friends now. And we're doing podcasts yep. together. We've never actually met. In real life. <laughs> he's having a baby, and I'm just as excited for him as if uh, like I'm related to him. So, and <laughs> then right. you got you JB JB filled in last night doing the AMA with me. So great, Gene offered, but I know he's got off the line, so we are yeah. him in. And you're like, hey, I could pick up and do something for you. So awesome, and and you and I, our relationship. We talked about it on the AMA. Like when I joined last year. A little bit before, sometime in January of 2021, mm-hmm. right? You and I disagree about everything, and I'm like, man, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> and I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Like, man, we're never. Why are we debating friends. James Robinson? <laughs> yeah,
0: we're never going to be friends. Of all
1: people, ever.
0: not John not Jonathan Taylor, not Derek Henry, James Robinson.
1: Look at us now, buddy. I appreciate yeah. you jumping on this. is so awesome. Nah, not a problem. To we, keep, we keep the train rolling. And as Adam would say, I got to get it in because he's not here. Dynasty degenerates. Keep the yeah. dynasty <laughs> degenerates
0: happy. Yes. You will not hear <laughs> me say dynasty degenerates about 75 times. Sorry, Adam.
1: All right. Well, we got a good one for you. Brandon, we're going to play a little game of would you rather. I got the idea from okay. Ray, him and Jay Rich doing it on the wake-up show. We're going to do it from the perspective of you're on the clock. In a Dynasty startup, right? So, Okay. However you want to play it and however you'd like to answer. But I got a list of a few players, a couple different ones, and they all have similar ADPs. Okay. And I'm okay. going to ask you, and then we can go back and forth and debate. I figured it would be a good way to just get an idea of, like, you're on the clock in a Dynasty startup. Where are you going? Like, these two guys are available. Who would you rather have? Who would you rather push mm-hmm. the button on? Everybody always is gonna go with the default they trade the pick, <laughs> just trade it away. Trade pick, you. Yeah. you can't trade it away. All right. No, oh, all right. Okay. We'll, play the game picks. right. All right. All right. We'll start off back into the first round. You're on the clock, okay. Najee Harris or DeAndre Swift.
0: I'm probably gonna go with Najee Harris. As much as I like DeAndre Swift and I like uh, what he possesses from a, from a PPR standpoint, the reality is his volume's king and there's nobody in the Pittsburgh backfield outside of Najee Harris that is of any legit competition to him. They didn't bring anybody in of any serious relevance. So Najee is going to be the workhorse. And Mike Tomlin is historically been one of those kind of coaches that when he's got his workhorse, that workhorse is going to get 20 to 25 touches a week. And I feel, I feel safer going with Najee now. Obviously, maybe if you if you did, we didn't. We're, we're saying we're not trading picks, but if you had traded up and maybe got Jonathan Taylor, I could see DeAndre Swift being the option. But if I have to in a vacuum right now, back end first pick, first pick I got, I got one ten, one eleven. I'm looking, staring Najee and DeAndre Swift in the eyes. I'm taking Najee. This one
1: was tough for me too, and ADP really reflects. These two, like how hard of a decision is for somebody. Now, Najee is going ahead of DeAndre Swift, but not by a lot. We're talking a couple picks total out of everybody. So, I mean, these are your RB two and three off the board. Obviously, JT is number one, but there's no question that these are the next two guys off the board for people in startups. I think for me, just a little bit more, I almost want to go with DeAndre Swift. It is so damn close. I don't know if Najee gets the same amount of passing work now with George Pickens there and a guy like Kenny Pickett, who he's not a, he's not Lamar. Okay? He's no. not Lamar, but he can move a little bit. I mean, the NCAA did change the damn rules for him mm-hmm. because, of the slide, because of the fake slide. So he can move a little bit. So I wonder if that hurts, you know, some of Najee's, ceiling from a passing game perspective I know they're still going to give him the rock and Tomlin's still going to hand the ball off to him and he's going to be the primary. everything that you said I just wonder from like a, a pass catching, like if that takes just a little bit of a hit where where DeAndre Swift obviously is the guy in that department, I mean as much as they want to talk up Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, you get him the ball in the run game or the pass game and especially in the pass game, he was pulling off big plays last year when healthy, so I think that's the one where it's just like, hmm just a slight tiebreaker, but if you get either one of these guys in a startup, I think you're probably yeah, happy if that was the direction you're going for running back.
0: Yeah, I I, I I think it's one of those you're pulling hairs, right? You're choosing a preference. It's yeah. a preference guy, like, right? Like, both of them are pretty solid rushers. They're not great, they're inefficient. They're both probably yeah. back half of running backs when it comes to efficient carries, right? Neither one of them have 5.0 yards per carry. Uh, it, you know as the bill they're they're their bo- their naji's a a volume rusher whereas swift is more used in detroit as a pass catching back he's a pass catching weapon and that's where he accumulates his value and especially cuz detroit's been behind a lot lately in the last few years it's really easy for him to get you know those four or five garbage time catches right that i don't want to say inflates his production but it's probably yeah. close to the mean because if they were playing well he would probably be getting the rock on first and second and third down trying to milk the clock in the four-minute drill. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's really a – you could say, I want Najee, I want DeAndre Swift, and I don't think anybody's really going to fight you either way.
1: The only thing I will say, you acknowledge that, that, that part, and the, the thing that always kind of worries me about Swift is his efficiency numbers were really bad. Najee's efficiency numbers, I can explain away because that offensive line is absolutely atrocious and dog shit. And Detroit, while while we say the name Detroit, their offensive line is actually really good. They have built mm-hmm. something very, very good there. So for Swift to still be inefficient behind a good offensive line does worry
0: me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Man, this is so close. Yeah, it, it, you're splitting hairs, right? We're, we're, I mean, their finish is probably not going to be very – very, very far off. And I don't for think. Sure. Again, I don't think you're going wrong. I don't think if you took DeAndre Swift, you're you're set up for you're set up for something wrong. Because, I mean, if you wanted to get off of DeAndre Swift later on in your startup, you'd still be okay. You'd still be able to acquire a down to year plus. Same thing if you went Najee. I mean, I think Swift probably maybe from a dynasty perspective may have another year or two of extra juice just because he is more of a pass catcher. And yeah. he doesn't have he won't have nearly he's not asked to carry the ball more than 15, 16 times, whereas Najee's carrying the ball 25, 30, 35 times. Mm-hmm. So you kind of worry about years 27, 28, 29 when he gets to those points. Um, but yeah, right now, immediate production startup, I'll take Najee.
1: All right. So we got a nice split one. I think I'd still side with Swift, but it is so close. Uh-huh. First
0: split right off the bat. All
1: right. We'll <laughs> move on to the next one. You got Debo Samuel or Jalen
0: Waddle. Jalen was... Waddle. Jalen okay. I'm going Jalen Waddle. As much as I as much as I like Debo, and I think I would probably be the first to admit that man, Debo definitely was healthy. You know, we always say, Well, if Debo's gonna be healthy, he's gonna produce. Well, guess what? He was healthy and he produced. Mm-hmm. Um but give me Waddle. I think that offense. Both both offenses are very are very solid. San Francisco's a little more efficient a little more fantasy relevant, uh, especially with with Trey Lance. Uh, but I wonder a lot of a lot of Debo's late production in the year came via running the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's made it very clear he does not want to do that if he can possibly can to limit kind of the injury risk. And I wonder with Trey Lance now being actually an able runner and they don't have a complete Glue's Factory statue back there and Jimmy Garoppolo, how that takes those touches away or reduces those touches. Um, Jalen Waddle getting another year with Tua. He's already had some college connection getting that and no longer having to be the number one pass catching. Yes, he's going to take some target, probably lose some targets to Tyreek. But what he's going to gain is efficiency because he's not going to have to go up against the number one cornerback of the Jets. He's, so he's not going to get Sauce Gardner. He's not going to get, you know, the the number one corner, the number one corner for the Pats, the number one corner for the Bills. He's going to get the number two and number three. And we've already seen his speed and acceleration already in the league. You give that man just a small opening and he can break it to the house. Um, so yeah, give me Jalen Waddle over Debo Samuel. But it's very again. These are very close. These are these are, not, <laughs> these are <laughs> the first two. These are first two ones, and these are not easy. But this is a good exercise because when you get on the clock and you're sitting there looking at Debo Samuel and Jalen Waddle, you have a tough decision to make,
1: right? Coincidentally, yeah. For ADP wise, Debo's going at the three hundred five, Waddle at the three ten. So five spots in between them. And these are neck and neck wide receivers here. I personally have Debo over just because of the Tyreek Hill thing, Mm -hmm. Uh, I understand, you know, you had mentioned like a lot of his late season production was from running the football, right? Like he did that quite a bit. He really didn't do that at all in the early part of the season. We saw him absolutely dominate. I mean, he really didn't start running the football until November against the Rams. Mm -hmm. I think he got five or six carries or something like that. Maybe a touchdown. That was the first time I really saw it. He only had like a handful of carries up until that point. But i just go through real quick, Brandon, just as a receiver. Like last year was the first year I ever had a Debo Samuel share. And it was in, coincidentally the league we're in together, Bomb Squad, just yeah. because it was an auction league. And I was like, well, shit, it was like 30 bucks Cheap. or whatever the hell it was for Debo Samuel. I don't remember what it was, but I'm like, I'm not even a Debo fan. But for this price, I'm a Debo yeah. fan now, I guess. But I just remember like at the beginning of the year, he wasn't running the football. But as a receiver, mm-hmm. he was producing ridiculously well. So week one, 31.9 <laughs> points just as a receiver. And for carries-wise, he had zero, zero rushes at all. So that was all as a receiver. 16.2, 10.2, 35.7, 16.1, 21, 23, 11.3. And then week 10 was the first week that he had that five carries against the Ram. That's when he went back to 30 points. Yep. So. He did have some nice 20-point, 30-point games in there just as a receiver from a volume standpoint. So I think that's what I'm going to hold on to just a little bit that, okay, if he does take a step back and he doesn't want to run the football, at least I got to see him be a really effective wide receiver when he was healthy and get the ball in space. And, hell, I mean, if if Trey Lance is there, even though he may take off and run a little bit more or – I can't even say that they're not going to be as efficient throwing the football because I'm the biggest Jimmy G hater, probably outside of like Jeff, Jeff Mueller. <laughs> there is. Uh, I would say they might even be better passing the football without Jimmy G there. Uh, just because, uh, man, we saw so many times last year, he just missed guys wide open, huge plays, you know, Shanahan schemes it up. Perfect. Receiver's wide open. Ayuk runs a great route, right? Snaps snaps Trayvon Diggs' ankles off. And then Jimmy G just throws it out of bounds over his head by yeah. 10 yards. Like, yeah. damn it. Throws a, wob-
0: throws a wobbling duck 15 yards it, it,
1: out of I'm, I'm pretty sure Trey Lance can at least make that throw, right? The easy layup, yes. gimme throw. He's, he's not lacking in arm talent. We know that much.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: The, the waddle with Tyreek Hill scares me just a little bit. Now, I'm still sure. a Tua fan, and I, I will say that Tyreek being there is very good for Tua. But I'm, I'm still a little bit hesitant. Like, how much volume is there to go around between these two guys? So, I, and Tyreek's going to be there for the near future until he falls off, right? Till the hamstrings finally give out. He's not a 14. Well, Only signed an
0: extension, and he it, yeah. signed an extension too. So, he's a, a big in. one.
1: A big with the biggest yeah, in the big league one. for wide receivers. Yeah,
0: so he's locked in. So you know he's getting the targets, right? Like, you know he's going to be the alpha there.
1: I would say just my personal opinion. I think it's very close, but I think Waddle might still be just getting a little bit too overdrafted and we haven't fully adjusted to the fact that he's the, he's the 1B. I'm not even going to say 1B. He's the B. He's the beta to Tyreek. Because Tyreek does everything that he does, but better right now. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, where you have Joe Burrow at quarterback. Like we can acknowledge that Tua is definitely a step below right mm-hmm. now as a quarterback than Joe Burrow is. <clears throat> give me Debo.
0: Give me the Debo. Yeah, lot. I, I like to
1: Say, give me Debo.
0: And I would say that we haven't historically seen yet Tua be able to sustain you know, more than two pass, two pass catching, you know, options. Right. Yeah, you still have, I mean, because like, uh, I mean,
1: Yoseki and Waddle and that was it.
0: That was it. So, you know, now add Tyree. Can he, can he support three? Right. Can he, can he do that? Or is it just that he's going to be able to do, you know, they're going to funnel passes, all three of them, but only two are going to be of serious fantasy relevancy. So there is that there definitely is that piece for sure.
1: I, I will agree, though, that's close, man. If I was in a startup and somebody took Waddle over Debo, it's not one of those things where I go like, oh, I can't believe you did it. You're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like I understand. Uh, maybe from a value perspective, Brandon, like I should be a little bit more open to it because the name Jalen Waddle, even though it's not reflective in ADP, maybe carries that just a little bit more for some I, people. Like For hey, some, yeah. So, so what he did as a rookie,
0: Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, man, it's I mean, Debo had 120 targets too, yeah. right? So it's not like it's not like he even when he went to like wide back Debo that he you know he fell off the face of planet Earth like yeah. 120 catch 120 targets and I don't even think he played every game. I think he played only 16.
1: Yeah, right. So yeah. he
0: missed a game. So. I mean, the fact that he got that many targets, like, okay, so even if we say he regresses a little bit in terms because he had 1,400 receiving yards, even if he regresses to 1,200 and still has, you know, relatively same amount of touchdowns. All right, so he goes from wide receiver three overall to wide receiver 10 or 11. It's still probably pretty good value getting him there 305.
1: I'd actually, I'd argue that his production was actually better when he was used more as a receiver instead of as a running back. Right? It oh, was actually better for fantasy perspective for us. Yeah. Now, the only caveat would be that I don't know if it was as consistent, right? Because wide receivers are notoriously notoriously volatile. Outside of maybe Cooper Cup last year, like a historic wide receiver season, but they can yeah. go for thirty and then the next game have eight, and it's just kind of it comes with the territory, right? You're when he was getting those running back touches, you knew his floor was probably like twelve. Like 10, 10, 12, he's going to get you double digits because he's going to get eight, 10, 12 carries a game, maybe a touchdown following the end zone. But I would say overall production, I bet if you took his points per game when he wasn't getting all those carries and then his points per game from the carries on, I bet just as a pure wide receiver, it was probably better,
0: probably higher. You know, the guy that I'm thinking about in my head is Robert Woods. Right. Yeah. If he's used kind of like how Robert Woods was in 2018, 2019, 2020, like before Matt Stafford with Jared Goff, where he was getting consistently wide receiver right at wide receiver, I'm looking at wide receiver 11, wide receiver 14, wide receiver 13. Like
1: mm-hmm. he had
0: 130 ish targets, 90 catches, and then he had about 25 rush attempts was his high mark. Like I think that's a good floor for Debo.
1: Yeah, I like that. That is a good floor, like a Robert Woods, but yeah, little yeah a little more dynamic. Yeah, uh, dynamic. Robert Woods with a a boom ceiling potential. right yes. everybody liked Robert Woods because it was like, hey, I know what he's gonna do. He's got that yep. nice floor. Debo's also got that. Like, I could I could legitimately be the wide receiver one or two overall on the entire year with my yes. skill set. Yeah,
0: <laughs> with you my saw, you saw yeah you saw last year when healthy when. When everything's clicking, yeah, I'm top five. When I'm just a little bit nicked up or even if I take a slight step back and I'm Robert Woods, I still can produce at top ten.
1: Absolutely. All right, well, that was enough. Too much for Debo. <laughs> for you, that's too much wide receiver talk. It, it is, man. I got a few more on the list too because I'm for punishment. <laughs> but we'll move on. Something a little more interesting. Derrick Henry or Antonio Gibson? <laughs> sad that we're here now we're sad at that. that we're here but we're here oh man um
0: give me derrick henry okay <laughs> we, give we, give me give me derrick henry oh we... man you're you're testing my. you're testing my antonio gibson i've never been huge on antonio gibson i've ne- like so let me preface it. i've never gibson. been Huge on Antonio Gibson. I like him as an RB2 on my fantasy rosters, right? I don't think he's a fantasy one. Um, And we had this conversation within the the destination, Debbie Heisman tier, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Nice plug. (laughs) Nice plug. Um, We had this discussion this week about guys who are home run hitters versus guys who are more of a comfortable floor. And who would you rather take? So the example we had kind of talked through was like CMC versus like a Tony Pollard, right? Do you want the consistency of Tony Pollard? He's going to get you six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, might have one week where he goes for like 15, 16, or would you rather the last year, the five weeks of elite production of CMC, but you're never going to see him during the playoffs, right? We all kind of lean more towards CMC. And I think at this point with these two guys who, are, are given to me in the option. Give me Derrick Henry because I know that even if the wheels fall off and, you know, the foot injury or let's say a hamstring or something pops up because he's going to – over time he's getting older. I'll take the eight or nine games that Derrick Henry is going to give me for probably the next two years easily that are going to be 20-plus. They're home runs. Like, I know he's going to get me those – 22 carries for 170 and three against Houston or Jacksonville. Like I know that those games are going to be there every single week. When when I look at Antonio Gibson, I have no clue if the man's going to get eight touches or if he's going to get 28 touches. Ron Rivera came out and said that this week that his touches are going to be varied. They brought back J.D. McKissick or somehow stole him from Buffalo because Buffalo signed them and then he just decided yeah. ah, I guess maybe Buffalo's too cold for me I don't like the snow let me go back to Washington um they also brought in B Rob that's a nothing burger people need to chill on the B rob like he wasn't anything before 2021 and he's probably not going to be anything after 2021 like let's just call it like he is there in the event Antonio Gibson goes down he is not there to take meaningful touches from Antonio Gibson. That being said, we saw what happened last year with Antonio Gibson and he was a back end RB one. He was perfectly fine, but I think you're going to have more floor weeks with Antonio Gibson than you will have ceiling. And if we're probably taking these guys in the middle rounds here, we got to start swinging for home run upside.
1: Okay. Okay. For, for reference, Derek Henry's going at the four Oh two. And as of last week's ADB, Antonio Gibson's going up to 5.07, man. A full round and a half. Really?
0: 5.07?
1: Right? Wow. 5.07. So for those of you out there, Adam and I made a a heat map chart for startups, just kind of generally where we rank startup pick values. When you're talking 5.07, you're talking like almost a first and a second at most, and maybe just a little bit less. Like Antonio Gibson has come to the point where it's like – I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that may not even like Antonio Gibson, but like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> 507. Yeah, 507,
0: 507. I want Antonio Gibson, right? Like, is he, that's what, like, running back 20 off the board.
1: Yeah. He's going to RB18 right now. So, right in yeah. the range, right? Like,
0: that's, per, that's where I want him. Oh. That's where I want him because I'm cool with that. Because if he pops, I get more value out of him. If he doesn't, and he's still what I get, like, okay, cool.
1: RB2. Derrick Henry scares the shit out of me. I have him on a few contenders, but that's the only place I'll have him is on contenders. And uh, we talked about it on the trade show, right? Is a home run swing, what you just mentioned just now. A home run swing, like, hey, he he could go for a, a 30, 40 burger at any given time. The problem I have is, I mean, that injury scares the shit out of me. That, that Jones fracture on a guy that big at that age. Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to see him back? I don't want to put too much stock in the playoffs, but we can agree in the playoffs he looked horrible. Yeah, horrible. both games, both yeah. games he didn't look both. good.
0: Did not look like Derrick Henry at all.
1: No, no,
0: no he he looked did. like Samson with his hair cut off. Like he just he didn't look the same. He looked more like like shitty Brandon Jacobs from back in the day. That's... No, that was like good Brandon Jacobs. That wasn't bad Brandon Jacobs. <laughs> that was actually the good version. That was, a good
1: version. That was the good version.
0: <laughs> that was the good version. Don't let
1: him fool you. Gibson, man, I, I'm with you, man. The B Rob thing, yeah, whatever. I, I don't understand it. He, he's fine. He's a he's a fine backup running back, but that's that's it. Like he's yeah, he's there to maybe give a spell or two to to Antonio Gibson. He's there in case Antonio Gibson gets hurt. Because if he went down, I mean, who are you plugging in? Five foot four, Jarrett Patterson, and you, we know J D McKissick's not a, a lead back, not a. Nope. Nope. He, he's not carrying the ball on third down, right? He's not doing that. He's not doing it on the goal line. So they needed somebody else. The McKissick thing, it did worry me just a little bit. So I did bump him down in my ranks because of that. But, man, to close the year, that, that's all I can think about is just Antonio Gibson close the year, right? 20-point week, 20-point week, 20-point week, 20-point week. He had a, a bad week against Dallas in week 14, four points, right? What are you talking about? The floor. Then he bounces back
0: 18 and a half, 13.8,
1: and then 22.1 against the Giants. Like that, that's yeah, the that's, way he
0: finished the year. That week 14 game, if I remember correctly, that's the game where Micah Parsons wrecked Taylor Heineke and sent him to the backups forever.
1: Correct. He played 66% of
0: the snaps, but he only got 10 carries that entire yeah. I mean, they only gave him the ball. <laughs> he was too busy trying to block people because Micah yeah. Parsons was all in Taylor Heineke's shot. <laughs> <Yes. jock track. laughs>
1: Micah Parsons went full Lawrence Taylor and was like, I got yeah.
0: this. Yeah. This is yeah, I remember that game pretty vivid
1: when he got the snap share towards the end of the year with McKissick banged up and out there for a while. And he was actually getting some passing game work, but he was getting the snap share and the touches. He's putting you up RB one, solid RB one. Like I'm talking mm-hmm. pushing top five, top four on the week. Yeah. That's very enticing for a guy who's 225 pounds and runs a four, three. Like we've seen him have very good weeks and he's still young. He's still yep. learning the running back position, right? This last year was his, his second full year playing running back. Like I, sometimes I think we forget that. Yeah, <laughs> that I think Met, Memphis used him as a wide receiver and a tight end and everything else, but running back.
0: Yeah, and the NFL thought he was a good running back. Yes. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things, and I think at some point too, like he could end up being a bigger version of J.D. McKissick in that offense, right? Very they well. could move on. They like because he's he's a he came in being known as a very good pass catcher, right? It's kind of like when we were talking about the Andre Swift, right? Like he could morph into one of those, like how to keep himself in the league is by keeping his hand, being the person who's, you know, over six foot, 225. Like that, that's a, that's an imposing figure coming at you in third downs, like being able to run proficient routes. And, you know, we've seen him do it. It's just, he's either had an injury or he's had to compete with a JD McKissick. Like, if they just gave him the backfield, yeah, I'm taking him probably early, early third round. Like he's a super value at five oh seven, right?
1: This uh... it's
0: just it's just there's so many obstacles there that it's just hard for me to like. I don't want to bet against Derrick Henry. I guess is really why I chose okay. Derrick Henry. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to bet against Derrick Henry as much as because I mean we've been predicting his doom since you know Saquon Barkley came in the league. That's true. We've been saying, all right, he's done. He's cooked. And then he comes out here and throws, you know, all these big carries. And I'm I'm not saying that Derrick Henry is going to return to, you know, elite form, but I do like those, the weeks where he can go for 30 carries to 20 and three are going to probably be, there's going to be a handful of them. We know they're going to be there. I don't know that Antonio Gibson ever gets those kind of boom weeks. I think his boom weeks are like, you know, 20 touches for 110 yards and maybe he finds the end zone twice okay understandable
1: Well, oh, man he uh he might end up being like a Miles sanders 2.0 for me this is this kind of is what it feels like to me like a guy that i'm always like oh just give him the work yeah never... just
0: give him the work if he got the work i would probably have easily taken gibson but just because there's inconsistency in his work that's not some that's not just i can't take that over the the home run hitting of henry
1: all right, I feel you. All right, we'll go back to the wide receiver. Well, something that does hurt my heart as well:
0: Deontay Johnson
1: or Drake London.
0: Deontay Johnson. Okay. All right. Deontay Johnson. Um, welcome aboard. I... <laughs> welcome um, aboard. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Uh, I've been on the Deontay Johnson uh, fan train for about a year now. Jay Rich got me on to him. Yes. Um, you know, I know a lot of people will be scared because he got 169 targets yeah. with Ben. And now Kenny Pickett is there, and we both believe that Pickett is going to be for the better for that offense. Ben was trying to just literally save his life, and he just literally aimlessly threw it because he had to get it out, and Deontay runs so many short routes. That's what it was. But even if there's some level of regression there, he's still going to get 130, 140 targets. Like At least for this year. At yeah. least for this year. 130, yeah. 140 targets. Okay? Yep. So that's still going to be at minimum wide receiver to production at minimum, like top 15, probably like, I would say, I wouldn't be shocked. I think he finished eighth last year in PPR. I wouldn't be shocked if he falls to like 11 to 14 range just because he's going to, he's going to have opportunities. He's, he's yes. just, like volume and his opportunity is key for a wide receiver. Um, and he was about as consistent with volume as there could be from the wide receiver position. His
1: um, his volume was fantastic, right? It was yep. Fantastic. That's what drove it. Yep. His, and his, a, he, it, his efficiency from the quarterback position
0: was horrible,
1: was absolutely, absolutely. horrible.
0: Yeah, his dot was absolutely terrible. It was hot trash, but he had, <laughs> Joe, Flacco, he had Joe Flacco elite-like dot production. <laughs> um, so I would hope that Kenny Pick a little more efficient. Um, Drake London, if he had Matt Ryan, I think the conversation would be a different story right? The Atlanta offense has always has been for the better part of the last decade and a half with Matt Ryan at the helm has always supported a wide receiver one and peppered them with a ton of targets. See Julio, see Calvin Ridley. Um, Those guys got peppered. And so if that was the case, yeah, Drake London probably would have been locked into like 150 to 160 targets year one straight out the gate. Like sign me up for that, but it's not Matt Ryan. It's, Marcus Mariota, and it's gonna be potentially if he falters, rookie Desmond Ritter. So um, some
1: stats that uh, on Deontay that I always find interesting, right? You talked mm-hmm. about his A dot, right? 76th in the league in A dot, average depth to target, 76th. But you know his yards per route run? 30th in the league. So yeah. just, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, my, my A dot shit, but I'm gonna catch this and then I'm, I'm gonna still gonna move. catch a go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I think a very, I think we've also been spoiled over the last 2 years with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson that we want to throw Drake London because he was the first first wide receiver sorry not running back first wide receiver off the yeah. board um he was the 8th pick overall so there's expectation that you know he's going to instantly be peppered with 130 plus targets um but they have this guy I don't know if you've ever heard of him Kyle Pitts yeah <laughs> um I don't know I've heard he's pretty good I've heard that he's overrated at times, you know he was marked as the tight end one last year overall. like all of a sudden people just um, but yeah, Kyle Pitts is there. um and so i i I don't know if Drake London right out of the shoot is the number one option, right? Um, yep. They don't have any other real wide receiver of fantasy relevance Audit Tate, Uh no thanks. Um, Brian Edwards Olim- Brian Edwards, <laughs> nope. Oby Olim- is sorry no thanks pal. geronimo allison Ooh, geronimo allison back from the dead <laughs> of 2017 in the practice squad uh no thanks you know and then you have cordero patterson and tyler Algier out of the backfield i, I mean I, patterson came on but he kind of faltered a little bit late down the road yeah i think if you get i think a very solid stat line for drake london would probably be around where devonta smith was last year yeah, right around the thousand yard mark. Maybe he gets a few more touchdown looks because the offense just is going to have a lot of garbage time. Um, but yeah, I I would take Deontay right now in a heartbeat. Still very young. I mean, you wonder if he's still going to be a Pittsburgh after this year. He's eligible for a contract. Pittsburgh historically doesn't pay its wide receivers, so that would be an interesting conversation to be had. But right now, in this moment, give me Deontay Johnson.
1: I'm with you, man. I would take Deontay. Interestingly, he's going at the 503. London going at the 410. So he's actually going ahead of him in startups. I think a lot of people, some of the things you mentioned, man, we we saw Chase do it last year. We saw Justin Jefferson do it the year before. I think people are be chasing that just a little too much, right? They they think it's going to happen every year. The sad thing, man, if Drake London only comes out and puts up like Devontae Smith numbers, people are going to be disappointed and his adp mm-hmm. is gonna fall next year it's it's yep. just the way it is it's gonna happen yep. i hate it i hate it for him there is a good case though like i think the best case outlook for drake London is he kind of comes out and he has like a jalen waddle type year mm-hmm. but oh it's gonna be tough for him it's gonna be tough for him because kyle pitts is there and, and we yeah. talked about we talked about jalen waddle earlier right the, the one thing i'm i'm not too thrilled on is is Tua is can he support Tyreek and Jalen Waddle? Do we really think Marcus Mariota is gonna be able to support Drake London and Kyle Pitts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is realistically the best quarterback that Drake London's ever had in his career.
1: Rip, no, you're sorry. Not a Keaton sorry. Slovis Rip
0: sorry, Keaton Slovis. <laughs> um yeah, you know, I just you know he might get 130, 140 targets, but what's the quality of them? Right? How many of those are catchable? Right, that was one of the things that happened. I remember two years ago with Deontay Johnson, he had like 100, 100 plus targets, and, but so many of them were uncatchable. Yeah. I mean, and Drake Long has got a big frame. He's six foot five. He's he's a monster. He's an absolute. He's got a giant wingspan. And He's going to be able to. He's going to clean up a lot of Mariota and or Ritter's mistakes, right? Because it's just yeah. his giant wingspan and his ability to high point the ball, he's got all his tools. Um, but this isn't the Pac-12. This is the NFL, and it's going to you're going to be playing week in, week out against you know tougher competition, a more stiffer competition. And I'm just, I'm, a, I would probably, if I had to take either even a win now or retool, I still want Deontay Johnson.
1: Yeah, Deontay's still young too. It's not like he's yeah. 28 years old, he's 25. He'll be, 25. 26.
0: He'll be 26
1: about the time the season starts, just a little bit mm-hmm. after, but I mean, he's yep. still young. So, people aren't going to jump off of him like, oh,
0: he's 28, sell now. Like, you got another couple of years. He'll be fine. It'll be all right. And even if he goes with you, man. I mean, if he goes to another offense where he's still able to produce 150 plus targets, I mean, you're you're locked in for that. You're fine. For sure.
1: All right, let's go cross position now. So, think about startup, tight end, premium
0: league. Would
1: you rather have TJ Hawkinson or Mac Jones?
0: TJ Hawkinson or Mac Jones?
1: Well, that's a tough um, one. We're getting in the middle rounds now. Where the yeah, we're really getting because... the, the money.
0: These are the money rounds, though, right? The money these rounds, are the money yes, rounds. They are or the money decisions because these are the one. It's easy to predict. It's easier to predict the high end guys. It's harder to kind of get those those next tier down, right? Well, yeah,
1: rounds one through three. You're just if I'm in to, s- trying to super flex, flex if, right? I'm assuming
0: this is going to be super flex, super flex, tight end premium league. I probably lean Mac. But it's not a it's not like a slam dunk for me. I, I worry for the Patriots side. The best player they brought in this off season was Tyquan Thornton.
1: That's gross. Like to you say. you spent it's your a... first
0: you spent your first round pick on a lineman that was given a draft grade two three rounds later, yeah. and then you go out and go find the fastest guy. I was, I, I, for a second, I thought Al Davis owned the Patriots for a moment. I, I thought for Al Davis's corpse came out and, and tapped Bill Belichick on the shoulder and said, you know, those fast wide receivers, they, they're good for something. Because I, I just don't, like, Tyquan Thornton's a nice piece, but he's not the, day, the early day two pick. Like, that rivaled the New York Giants taking Wendell Robinson for, like, most head-scratching second-round pick. Like, uh, I don't know what you were doing. And I so, wouldn't
1: say rival. That was that was by far worse. At least at
0: least has
1: got some like juice
0: to him that you're like, ah, okay, uh, yeah, we're not going down that route right now. <laughs> but going back to Mac Jones, Mac apparently is slimming down. Um, what that'll do for his mobility, I have no idea. He's well, still. Mac. <laughs> I mean, they brought in Devonte Parker. They brought in Kevin Harris. They. I mean they it's just a cluster of like decent NFL players, nothing fantasy relevant. Right? Like there's nothing there's nothing that anything was brought in that was going to make fantasy relevance. It's all going to make the New England Patriots better. That being said, as much as I like TJ Hawkinson from a tight end perspective, there's for some reason, I don't know why the Detroit Lions don't just funnel him as the number 1 option right like they've got this elite tight end and and he's been that but they just don't give him the ball consistently and that scares me and and start like if i'm trying to get mac jones i'm probably getting him in what like round 4 5 ish right so he's probably like qb 20 plus off the board unless you have like an insane draft where you know, the first 15 picks are quarterbacks. I've seen that actually happen in the draft. Um, so he's he's down there, and he's probably like your QB. You're hoping he's your QB three, right? You don't really want him as your QB two because there's going to be weeks where, you know, he has – I mean, shoot, he had three passes against Buffalo one week. Like, yeah. imagine, imagine starting that in your fantasy lineup, yes. not best ball, and getting three passes. like. Yeah. And, like that—that that had to have been absolutely brutal. It's great for Scott Fishball. I mean, shoot, you don't even have—you don't have any negatives. But you can't go negative. You <laughs> yeah, you can't go negative. You don't throw the ball. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, but for me with TJ Hawkinson, yeah, there's just there's just some inconsistency in terms of his production, and that just scares the heck out of me. I, like I've kind of gotten to the point where after Pitts, Kelsey, Kittle. Waller Andrews like I'm just going to absolutely punt tight end like I will go take Gerald Everett Irv Swerve Smith I will take the ugly ugly guys in the double digit rounds and be okay like I take trying to reach for TJ in the or in the mid rounds it's just not a it just doesn't pan out well I uh I hate to do it too.
1: I hate to do it too. As much as I, you know, I'm an Iowa fan and I love TJ Hawkinson. And and let me, let me say, he's a very, very good tight end. A very, very good tight end. And I think probably out of everybody in the league, if we're talking like guys who could reach that Kelsey Andrews Pitts, Darren Waller from two years ago, level of, Yes. A George Kittle like like if you talking about talent wise ability the whole package, TJ TJ Hawkinson and like Noah Fant were those guys. It just yep. it's never really happened for them. I don't know if it's gonna happen. I'd love to see it, but I just at this point they just kind of are what they are. And you hit on the the biggest point there, Brandon, the one that I want to drive home to the listeners. I've I've become to the point where I'm like it's cow pits or bust. And, and if I don't get Kyle Pitts, I'm not going to take Kelsey. I'm not taking Andrews. I'm not taking Waller. I'm not taking Kittle. I'm not taking these guys unless like something stupid happened and like, you know, Andrews is in the fourth round or okay. like, Kelsey's in like the seventh round. You know what I mean? Like something dumb, really dumb happens. Yeah. But just in general, like where their ADPs are, I'm not taking them there, and I'm probably not taking them the next round either. Like, it's got to be a couple round discount because I'm just comfortable. Round 10, round 11, round 12, even later, just give me some of these turds. Just I, I I hate to say it, but like a Dalton Schultz in the ninth. I'd rather that be my first fucking tight end I take. Can we I, take a
0: second? Rather, Why is Dalton Schultz in the ninth? This man was a top five. Like top five tight end, he's clearly going to be like the number two or three option in Dallas. He's all he's like slow. He's and it's slow. yeah, he's, he's slow, <laughs> slow white tight end. Like, yeah, guess what? That's all half of the tight ends in the world. Like, they're all slow white tight ends. Like, production is production, friends. Like, draft producers. The game of the game, the name of the game is to score fantasy points. You can accrue value throughout yeah. the thing. But you can, you can have fun with that. But the name of the game is to score fantasy points. And Dalton Schultz should not be going behind some of these high upside athletic freaks in the middle rounds when that don't produce.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, off my I, a, a good example here. I mean, do you want to take TJ Hawkinson in the fifth? Like, think about it a fifth round starter. We're talking about like Mac Jones in that range because those guys go back to back right next to each other. Right. But even if you didn't go like Mac, like Zach Wilson or Traylon, Gibson, we talked about, Pittman, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Walker, Deontay, Tua, DJ Moore, like those are your fifth rounders. Yep. I'd much rather have those guys and then listen to like some of these tight ends going later, right? Noah Fant in the 12th. Noah Fant in the 12th. Like we yeah. want to talk about like upside, like home runs, swings. Fuck it. No yeah. in the 12th. Sign me up. And then if you really like it in the thirteenth, once you come back and double dip and go Alberto, yep, like Noah Fant, Alberto, boom! I just nailed two tight ends. Maybe one of them's worth a shit.
0: That's all and, I'm looking and, for. And who are the and who are the players around them? Just curious.
1: Uh, going right after Noah Fan is John Mechie. Right before him is Ramondre Stevenson.
0: Okay, so would you rather John Mechie and TJ Hawkinson, right, yeah. or would you rather DJ Moore and Noah fan? Yeah, yeah. I'd give you the DJ that's Moore. All, that's Noah all you Fant. Yes. Like, like, that's just all you have to say to yourself, friends. Would you rather have Ramondre Stevenson and DJ Hawkinson, or would you rather have Noah Fant, who is equally athletic, and DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Zach Wilson? Like, that's just where you got to be. Like just four- think about that.
1: The 14th round tight ends, right? Still kind of interesting guys. Hunter Henry, David and Joku. Yep. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. like to have them on my team. In, in, at that cost? Help. I hope they're the second or third tight end I have. Like, I'll, f- I'll find one. I'll find one.
0: Curious. Where is Gerald Everett going? Uh, As of last
1: week, uh, not listed. <laughs> let, me go, <laughs> let me go back to last month.
0: <laughs> Still not listed. It's, it's not Still good. not there. Okay, and here's the reason why it's Gerald Everett. And he's actually like a guy that I'm trying to get on every one of my teams. Wow. Who's his quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this quarterback? Justin Herbert, baby. Yeah, pretty good Justin Herbert. Pretty good quarterback.
1: And, and the right? number two there that just signed for 20 million a year has had a extensive history with injuries. Yep. If he goes down, it's Keenan Allen, and then it's like, who else are we throwing the ball to? Exactly. It's not gonna be Josh Palmer, folks. It's not stop trying to make Josh Palmer thing. This is like Mean Girls. What is that? Circa two thousand six. Stop trying to Sorry, make the fetch Guyton. happen. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: Jalen, it's not gonna happen. If Jared Cook can walk in and produce, guess what? You're finding a more athletic Jared Cook. A and you're getting him, and you're and younger, and you're getting him for what? Fo- some yeah. fob. You,
1: you want to <laughs> guess? You want to guess the round? I found it for last month. I'm gonna go with like twenty four. All right, a little bit higher. A little bit higher, but it still ain't great. 18. 18 Okay.
0: Again, what and, what's, and what is in round 18? What's uh, surrounding the, him?
1: The guy that's going right before him? Everyone's favorite, Terrace Marshall.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're throwing. So again, would you rather have TJ Hawkinson and Terrace Marshall or <laughs> Gerald Everett? And Deontay Johnson. I mean you would want Deontay Johnson for pretty much both of those guys. Yes. Like, oh yeah, let me tear down the TJ Hawkinson. Throw in Terrace Marshall. Throw in Terrace Marshall already. Okay. You got a deal. Like wild. Take take home run shots later on for tight end. That's what we're saying. Take the home run shots later.
1: Do it later. Uh yeah. So back to the original. Give me Mac. Uh <laughs> yeah. I, right? didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even make a case for Mac. This is just an anti-Tight end case. Just give me yeah. Mac
0: jump. Yeah.
1: All right, we'll go back to wide receiver on wide receiver crime. Chris Olave oh. or Darnell Mooney? Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: Darnell Mooney, let me preface it, I think is the most undervalued player in this range. Like we're talking like six, seven, eight, nine. The most undervalued player. In this
0: yes. Race. And I love what he is, but I'm going to take Chris Olave. Okay, and, and here's the reason why. New Orleans traded up for him, so they clearly see something in him. Yes, um, and his ability, right? Um, they probably see they probably see the ability for him to be the alpha once Michael Thomas moves on. Michael Thomas is there. I don't know his contract off the top of my head, but I can't imagine he has too many years left. Um, the big reason why I'm I'm not taking Mooney is not because of this year, but because of what could come next year. The Bears are about to have, I believe, about $108 million in cap space going into next year. I could totally see them investing in in some type of production at the wide receiver position, whether that's via draft capital or whether that is um, via the free agent market. I just don't think that they're going to allow, I mean, they are going to allow Justin Fields to literally fail this year with Darnell Mooney, Bayless Jones, Byron Pringle as their wide receiver core that are going to step out there. Like I was having this conversation with Ray Garvin this week and I think that we were kind of going through worst football teams and the Chicago bears came up out of both of us. <laughs> The bears yeah. could arguably could be the number one pick next year. Yes. <laughs> and so um, not that they're going to go take, you know, Jackson Smith, Jigba first round pick, like that's not going to happen. Um, but they could easily trade out of the first pick and they could go get a Jackson Smith, Jigba or a Keishon Boutte or um, a Jordan Addison kind of player. And they're going to bring in another guy. And with another guy comes somebody who's going to take meaningful targets away. Um, I don't necessarily see that being the case with Olave. I see Olave probably playing the beta role this year to Michael Thomas if he's healthy with the opportunity to take over as the alpha possibly by the end of the season or even next season. So I think that's where I want to land.
1: I will say this. Looking at it right now, I'm going to side with Darnell Mooney. Uh, One, I think he's a little bit undervalued. I do like Olave. Me and Adam will, will fight about Chris Olave. He's an Ohio State fan, but... I actually rank a more bullish on Chris Alave than he is. Thanks to Jay Rich, big shout out to him for bringing me around on our draft stream. Right, it was a mm-hmm. good conversation we had. I like Alave. I will say this: so when I look at this, Darnell Mooney is the de facto alpha this year in 2022, hands mm-hmm. down, no question. Just because there's nobody else there, it's fucking Cole Komet and Byron Pringle. But I mean, yeah. that's that's what the he's box
0: of, the box of Pringles.
1: Yes. So he's the de facto alpha. I understand exactly what you're saying. Yes, they are probably going to bring somebody in through the draft, through free agency, whatever, to surround Justin Fields with more talent next year. Mm -hmm. But for this year, he's it. Chris Olave is not the alpha this year. And and when Michael Thomas moves on, I get it. He may be the alpha next year. Neither one of these guys I don't think are alpha material or or even 1A material. Like they're good complement receivers. Yes. which, Which is fine. Olave doesn't really have that opportunity to, to be in the Darnell Mooney position until 2023 at best, right, until they move on from Michael Thomas. Darnell Mooney gets it right now. So just a time aspect, like give me the guy who's got it right now and let me roll with that. And even if I don't think Darnell Mooney is going to sustain the production that he puts out this year, I got the whole year to trade off him on high notes where Olave is kind of just always just a little bit capped. Because yeah. Michael Thomas is still there. So for now, Mooney over Chris Alave. But I guarantee you, if we were to have this discussion this time next year, when, when things switch and the Bears do whatever and maybe the Saints move on for Michael Thomas, it could be a completely different one. It could be Olave yeah. by a landslide. But for yeah. right now, yeah, give me give me Darnell Mooney. Their ADPs are actually seven ten for Olave, eight oh four for Mooney. So very close. Back in the seventh, early part of
0: the eighth. I think I really it's think one
1: of those Mooney needs to be moved up a little bit. Yeah, it's kinda like that
0: Deontay Drake. But... I think it's right, it's kind of that same talk that we were having earlier yeah. about Deontay and Drake, right? Like I think people are chasing rookie production a little bit and we yeah. know that rookie production takes a little bit of time. Um, so maybe the play is draft Mooney and then, you know, at some point in the season, because we know that eventually Mooney might not be the alpha, mm-hmm. even though he will probably be resigned to an extension. Um, maybe you trade him for Olave Plus down the road. But the the, in the moment take the value that Mooney is later than Olave and then get it later.
1: Absolutely. All right, we'll go cross position again and I've been starting at round 1 and we just keep moving down each range trying to do this just like a dynasty startup what would you do? Yep. Brandon Cooks or Miles Sanders? Brandon
0: Cooks or Miles Sanders. Probably Brandon Cooks. Brandon? I feel okay. like I think this might actually be the easiest one for me to argue. For you? Yeah. Miles, like, Miles Sanders, what has he done? What yes. has he done lately? I, I mean, he just – last year, he was not getting the football. And mm-hmm. whether that was because the offense – I mean, the beginning of the year, the offense was just – they were trying to make force Jalen Hurts to be a passer. That clearly wasn't the thing. Sirianni then switched to the rushing game, which was great. But then he went to, like, this 14-head Hydra running back offense where – shoot, the corpse of Jordan Howard reappeared and was fantasy relevant for a few weeks there. Um, And they just stopped using Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was great with Carson Wentz, not so great with Jalen Hurts. Um, Brandon Cooks is probably the most underrated fantasy wide receiver probably we've had in the last five, six years. The man is always seeming to produce a 1,000 yards. When he's on the field and he's been healthy because he's had some concussion concerns, When he's on the field, the man just produces. And give me the guy that's probably attached to garbage time quarterback in Davis Mills, who's going to probably produce, you know, he's going to get you a 1,000 yards. He's going to get you. I know his line right now on prize picks is 950, and that's super low. I think he's easily 1,100, 1,200 yards. So, I mean, if you're the kind of betting person that you might be, like go to prize picks, go slam that thing, use the promo code, wake up. Get yourself a deposit bonus. I know, a shameless little plug there, but get you know, slap slap that Brandon Cooks over because that just seems like a very low line to me. I just don't know that Miles Sanders gives me that home run upside.
1: We need you more on the show for these plugs. You <laughs> are the master of working the plugs in. I have yet to find my groove, but we're working on it. But you're good at it, Golly, I love it. I will make the case for Miles Sanders, and this is going to be I. Man, I would I would side with you for most people. But the way I usually like to draft, right? You know, I love to get my running backs early. I get my wide receivers later. So naturally, you would think that I would like to get a wide receiver here. Yep. The problem is is there's still a few wide receivers left on the board around this spot just a little bit after where I'm like I'd be comfortable with that. Brandon Cooks is undervalued. He's just a walking he's a walking wide receiver 3 at worst. Just yep. plug him in. He, he's undervalued. Ninth round, where they're going. So let me give the ADPs here, too. Yeah, they're both back to back picks 909, 910. Miles Sanders, Brandon Cooks. I would say Brandon Cooks is, is undervalued. Miles Sanders, I do think, is undervalued as well. But the case that I have is I like to get like two, three running backs early. Miles Sanders mm-hmm. is the absolute perfect target for me to go for like my third running back, my fourth running back, ideally. And the reason I like Miles Sanders is because after Miles Sanders goes, the running backs get super poop. Just, I mean, just a dumpster fire. I mean, maybe you could talk yourself into like a Tony Pollard, but the rest of them, I mean, we're looking at Chase Edmonds and Ramondre and like just these Devin Singletaries, the Alexander Madison's of the world, the Ronald Joneses. I'm I'm not in. Miles Sanders is kind of like the flashpoint, the trigger point.
0: Like, shit, I got to take Miles Sanders. Yeah, one. Like, I need my RB4. Let me get Miles Sanders.
1: <laughs> yeah, let me get a guy I can plug into my flex. The case against Brandon Cooks, not the player, but, like, Michael Thomas goes after him. Um, a guy, I like, a rookie I like, if I'm team building, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens both go after him. Chase Claypool yep. goes after him. However, you feel about like Kadarius Tony, he goes after him, and a, and the guy, another guy, I think is undervalued because of the situation. Tyler Lockett goes after him, so I still have a few more chances to like, boom, all right, I got my wide receiver four, five, six, whatever it may be. I don't have very many chances to get my running back four, like locked up and secured. Well, so. and
0: especially especially in like best ball formats, right? Yes, yep. You still like I think in a best ball format, yeah, Miles Sanders, right? Because yep. Like you could still go into the deeper later rounds and go find uh, an Allen Lazard, uh MVS, uh, you know, pick your <laughs> pick your your second round rookie wide receiver that probably still on the board because nobody wants them. Yes, right. Like there's there's these scat scat opportunities. If you're in a lineup, I could probably lean a little more towards Cooks. Okay. Because I can yeah. see, because I can see your argument for wanting to have Miles Sanders, right? Like, I understand. Yes. I agree. Like, once you get past Miles Sanders, it gets to like the Naheem Hines and it mm-hmm. just the, the sticky, ugly ones that you're never really going to want to start in a lineup. League.
1: All right. Well, let's move on. to The last one, of course, it's going to be wide receivers because these are the, the the most interesting ones. To finish it off, Michael Gallup or Tyler Lockett.
0: All right, so we've got Tyler Lockett attached to an, <laughs> absolute, new, an, an absolute dumpster fire. No, it might not even be Drew Lock; It might be Geno Smith. So it some be, level yes. of a dumpster. Who knows? It might even be Baker Mayfield by the end of this. By the, could be. Know? Jimmy G. It could be somebody. At we don't point, even know. At this point,
1: Baker would be an upgrade,
0: which is yeah, close to like, say, right? <laughs> Going to be attached to an ugly quarterback that doesn't have chemistry. Yes. Or Michael Gallup who is coming off of a major knee injury um, but does have rapport with Dak, just signed a contract five years, million billion, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, so he's got some stability there, mm. probably, as an out, probably as an out after two or three years. So even if we say this year is kind of a lost year because of rehab because he did injure his knee quite late in the season, uh, I think I'd probably take Gallup just for those reasons. Like yes, I I know the major the major the major red flag is the knee injury, right? That that is the major con. Outside of that, there really isn't many major things, right? He's he's probably the two, maybe the third option. They got rid of Cedric, they they left Cedric Wilson. They let him sign with Miami. Um, they did they did sign Dalton Schultz. So that is you know I do believe that can hold three fantasy relevant pieces. I wouldn't worry too much about Jalen Tolbert unless Jalen Torbert has like one of those Dak Prescott pre rookie preseason kind of trajectories where he just goes absolutely bonkers and you can't keep him off the field. But even if they did put him on the field, Gallup kind of plays really and like, he's really good in the red zone. I think that's his ability there in the red zone and score touchdowns. And again, fantasy football is about scoring points. You get the most points scoring touchdowns, even when you don't catch the ball that much, you do get a lot of points for catching the ball in the end zone. Um Lockett's Lockett's probably the better best ball play just because his home run weeks are going to be like they, they are infamous, right? And even with Drew Lock's complete inability to throw a ball into a dime, he still has a nuclear arm that can whip the ball 50 60 yards downfield. And if there hasn't is there been anybody better at catching the deep ball? No. Like no. that other than Tyler Lockett, like yeah. Yeah, I know there's the Jamar Chase 50 50 kind of opportunities, but over the last five, six years, like there really hasn't been too many wideouts better than Tyler Lockett catching the deep ball. So I still have, I still give him that lens in a best ball, but if it's a lineup league, I would probably want Michael Gallup. Understandable. Well,
1: I'll put the caveat on it for me. It's going to be your team build and, and something yeah. that's going to play into your league, knowing your league mates as well. Like what, what are they like? If I'm if I'm going like a, a rebuild or productive struggle, and I'm faced with these two, I'm gonna go with the Michael Gallup. Most situations, I may go Tyler Lockett some if I think like people are susceptible because I think there's still a realistic possibility that Tyler Lockett gets dealt somewhere to a contender somewhere. Like yeah,
0: I do too. I think especially in season, I think he's he's gonna be a trade target. I think he's gonna get happy. He could easily be unhappy, and we've already heard that there's already smoke around them wanting to move him. And if they start off the season pretty sluggish, which they probably will, I could see him being very relevant on a team, depending on you know injuries, and whatnot. There's a lot of things that could go wrong.
1: So you may you may be able to get some some value back in season, even on a a rebuild if you take Tyler Lockett. I would say generally your, your safer bet is just to take Michael Gallup and just kind of ride it out. I don't think anybody's going to expect a lot from him this year. I mean, that late season ACL injury, I mean, you're looking at probably a stint on the pup more than likely, and then a slow ramp up time coming back. So, what is he really giving you this year? Maybe like contender wise, man, at least Tyler Locke is going to be on the field scoring you points in some capacity as a yep. contender. In the first eight weeks, uh, your best case, like he, he Gallup misses eight weeks and then he comes back and he's Michael Gallup again. But we kind of know with ACLs, you got to ramp up time a little bit unless you're you're one of those freaks like an Adrian Peterson or like, you know, Odell yeah. or something. Like you want to just
0: they, they you just, just want to see him rampant. healthy. Right. Yeah. You just want to see him healthy this year. You want to see him come back and be healthy.
1: Yeah. And then and,
0: and then come back in 2023 being super strong. And I think that's why they gave him a five year deal. I don't think they gave him the 5 year deal with the 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 idea that he was going to be ready this year. I think they kind of made it, hey, he's getting a hometown discount cuz he's a Cowboy. We love him. We drafted him here at yeah. Colorado State. Like, let's give him a long-term deal and so it really can be turning into kind of like a 4 year deal.
1: Yeah, they the way they structured it too. I had to pull it up on Spotrack just to look to they don't have an out until 2024 realistically yep. if they were to cut them or trade him next year it's 19 mil against the cap they can't do it this year it's 23 mil and mm-hmm. his cap hit this year is only four and a half million dollars yeah. or next year jumps up to 14 so they kind of structured it knowing that hey we're going to eat it in 2023 but that's kind of when we're expecting you to be back full go which yep. also could be a good indicator of why they went out and drafted jalen Tolbert. like we're not asking you to be the number one. We're not asking you to be the number two, but we know we don't have a Gallup this year. We lost Cedric Wilson. We need somebody to kind of step in and be another option for that. So yep. Michael, Michael Gallup, long-term play, Tyler Lockett. If you're if you're in a rebuild and you're feeling frisky and you're one of those guys who likes to make deals and you think your league mates, you can get one over on him, he gets dealt to Kansas City or Green Bay or Hell, even, I mean, as much as shit you were talking about, New England, like, it'd be a godsend yeah. for Tyler Lockett to land in New England with Mac Jones. Like, yeah. thank God, oh, he's got somebody.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that's what, I think that's, if you're drafting Tyler Lockett, you're kind of praying he goes to a situation where yes, please, where there's a, a you know, a, a better quarterback situation. I, you know, obviously, he's not going to go to Denver with Russ, but. You know, like you mentioned, can he go to a Kansas City? Can he go to a Green Bay? Can he go to shoot? Could he possibly even go to like Tampa? Right. Can they get him yeah. for super cheap? Um, because he's going got because he's he's over. He's over the, the apex climb of, of age. And, you know, he probably has one or two more high productive years left.
1: Tyler Lockett was always a guy I'd love to have as my wide receiver three. I didn't want to rely on him as a wide receiver two because he would give you those three-point weeks, those
0: four-point weeks. Yeah, he had some real bad duds. But he'd give <laughs> you those 40-point weeks, and that, that was the time to sell.
1: Those were those weak, weak winners. Weak winners, though. I mean, those were absolutely golden. Now I think without Russ there, that ceiling does come down a little bit. But, he, I mean, even with Drew Lock or Geno Smith, he probably still has one or two of those in him at some point.
0: If he's like figuring out yeah good, <laughs> good luck, luck figuring in which league. weeks those are yes. right yes. like it, it, that that's the and i think that's the beauty of best ball i know you guys yes. have talked about best ball like yes. that is the reason why you play best ball right is because you can manage your like it yes i i love lineup leagues and i do have a few of them still you know in my my portfolio yes because you want to be able to like from a from a logistical standpoint like trying to pick the right people each week yes lineup is fun but that is like tyler lockett is the exact reason why best ball also can be fun right because you have weeks where and you saw this in uh one of our patron leagues in bomb squad one where you had tyler lockett he was also on that team of evo and tyler lockett and there were weeks and i believe you had russ and so you had those weeks where where russ and lockett went off and that is sometimes really hard to stop as a fantasy like when you're playing them in fantasy because you know Lockett gets 30 russ gets 30 35 and you're getting 60 something points right out of two spots yeah, it's hard to pack, play against
1: you just pack it in when you're the competitor like all right yeah
0: we're, we're, we're gonna like, build we're
1: check week. this we're on to cincinnati <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're on, yeah, to cincinnati. We're on to the next week man i i like it it was a good one to finish out with and and yeah. in form right gal 1106 tyler lockett 1206 so these are the uh, the dumpster ones. After these rounds, like we're talking 13, 14, 15, it is just go get your guy season. There's nothing but yep. turds out there. There's an occasional like gem you can find, but man, good ones. So just to recap going through, you would take Najee, Waddle, Derrick Henry, Deontay, Mac Jones, Chris Olave, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup, correct?
0: There's absolutely no direction on that team. No direction. <laughs> there is That's no it. direction. You're I gonna have to direction. make some trades. I took a fossil fossil wide receiver fossil running back right in the middle of a productive struggle.
1: That's fine. That's fine. You'll be you'll be all right. You can yeah. If he comes back and he has his first thirty point week, you know that you're gonna on the block. I'm gonna go hit up Jag.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or I'm gonna have to go to the uh, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon and get some <laughs> advice from you and
1: Adam. we'll we'll get you straightened out me i would have taken swift debo swift debo antonio gibson deontay mac darnell mooney miles sanders and tyler lockett interesting 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 so again i kind of have the uh the, the turds of uh, like no direction, but my turds are at the end where it's like Miles Sanders and Tyler. Yeah, Lockett I was gonna say you had like a
0: you had like a productive struggle, and then the wheels fell off, and we had to go get Miles Sanders and Tyler Lock <laughs> and fill out the roster. <laughs> so why not?
1: Why not? All right, that's gonna do it, Brandon. I can't thank you so much enough. Thank you so much for being here for doing this. Uh, It's been a crazy week, crazy week, getting all the fill-ins for all Adam, but I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy that we're part of this community, Destination Devi, patreon.com forward slash all gas. This is where you get to be a part of this community. We are growing. Ray is building something incredible here. Brandon and I have had multiple, multiple conversations about how great it is here. Yep. All the people that make it possible, you, JB, me, Adam, Ike, Gene, and Jay Rich and the Godfather Ray. I mean, it is awesome. It's awesome, and then all the Heisman yeah. members that we get to interact with on the daily, the random Wednesday voice chats that go for eight hours.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's 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 one of those communities that we're almost nine hundred deep now. Holy that God. we just, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Everybody brings something to the table, not for just sure. the. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. the Heisman tier is exactly where it's at, and best best investment you'll make in your fantasy space. Um, in your in your portfolio fantasy options Um, just between the conversations the data the access I mean it's it's all right there Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of sharp minds in and around uh, the 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 all-conference the all-american and supporter tiers as well so thank you to those folks who thank you to the listeners right there's there's so many of you that are going to tune in and listen to this and we just want to say that for me who's normally behind the scenes. I'm not normally on the camera that often, Um, but I want to say thank you um, to each person who listens to supports uh, Mike and Adam, uh, supports Ike and Jean, supports Ray and Jay on the, on the wake up show. Um, There's some really fun things that are coming down the pike and we're really excited for that. And so for too.
1: we got a little bit of everything over there, don't we? We got, we got some betting, we got some redraft, (laughs) dynasty strategy. The entertainment is off the charts. It's a 10 out of 10. Yep. I know last night in the voice chat, there were some things that are said that I just had to be like, I gotta, I gotta go, guys. Like, I, yeah, I gotta go to the bathroom. You're gonna make me pee myself. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do this but, anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, but appreciate you guys having me on. I, I'm just like I said, I'm just keeping the seat warm for Adam. Congratulations to him and his wife on their baby girl, um, and hopefully he'll be back in the seat next week.
1: All right, we're gonna bounce out of here, and I'd be remiss if I didn't try to at least attempt the Adam outro. Just remember, when your lead mates are playing chess, play 4D chess. That's gonna do it for us. We're out of here. Peace.